Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 10 minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. The ANC Women's League had the elective conference over the weekend. The real question is, does the league carry significance in shaping the politics of the mother body of the ANC? Does it still hold modern-day politics relevance? Professor Amanda Khos, who is uh, the chair of uh, in gender politics at the NRF, is with us this evening. Prof, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Really do appreciate your time. The ANC is the only party, at least of the major parties, that has these sets of leagues, and particularly a women's league. There was a time where the women's league was about fighting for the inclusion of women in mainstream politics. Uh, that is to say, fighting for, for instance, gender quotas in cabinet, fighting for gender representation in the ANC's top uh, echelons, such as the NEC, as well as the top six, now top seven of the ANC, and making sure that women are not left behind in mainstream politics by and large the anc has fared really well right the nec has a lot of women representation and three out of the seven uh top seven members are women we've got a cabinet that oftentimes reaches parity depending on where you look on the calendar when a cabinet reshuffle has taken place and by and large you have women at the table making political decisions despite the fact that the ANC has never had a woman president and of course by extension uh, democratic south africa has never had a woman president is there still a need for a women's league and does it carry relevance in the ANC in shaping the politics of the party and the country today well in leagues like the Women's League and the Youth League is very particular to um, the ANC and it, it um, has a history of uh, the liberation struggle. But you're right. I mean, the ANC Women's League fought to get a 30% quota for women during the transition. And um, it, it was late, later in 2007, it was changed to 50%. So what we have is is what we call descriptive representation. So it's all about numbers. So the numbers are there. And like you've pointed out at the moment, it's 45% uh, in parliament. And it's it's not 50 because the, the other parties, the opposition parties, bring down the average because they don't have quotas. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, uh, there are many women ministers. Um, and there's also in some of the provinces, uh, many women. But the point is, what we need is what we call re, um, substantive representation. And that yeah. means that women need to make an input into policy and legislation. So they have to shape policy and they have to put gender issues on the agenda. Now, I don't think that is happening. And the reason for that is that the ANC Women's League is as deeply divided as the ANC itself. You know, it, it's factionalized and... Um, they they uh, choose sides uh, with men, and and you know uh, it's really become supporters of men. Uh, so so the gender agenda is not clear. And if we look at uh, you know the, the fact that they didn't have um, elective conference since ni- twenty nineteen, so this was the first time it was disbanded by the ANC in twenty twenty two shows um, how how deeply divided it is. And so now it has actually um, chosen a new president, Sisi Tulashe. Um, 
and uh, I, I think if we, if we, the other big contender was Patabili Lamini, who is, you know, somebody with a criminal record who's uh, um, has done very little for women, yeah. uh, to be actually quite precise. So, so yes, I, you know, I personally think that um, that the ANC Women's League is not contributing to, towards gender equality. Yeah. Oftentimes, the ANC Women's League, as has been the case with previous uh, leaders of the of the league, have been criticised of reproducing the ANC's patriarchal politics during the time, of course, of of the Jacob Zuma rape trial. The ANC Youth League uh, marched to the court in his defence, and uh, the, they were then criticised of reproducing uh, patriarchy uh, and safeguarding against. Uh, the dismantling of the party's internal misogyny um, and various other instances in, in, in recent history can be pointed to where that was the case. The ANC Women's League, for instance, uh, did not have the necessary consensus, or at least women in the ANC, not necessarily just the league, women in the ANC did not seem to have consensus uh, at the ballot in 2017 when uh, Zuma was vying for president of the party. And again, there the support for Cyril Ramaphosa was, uh, was de- uh, criticized and problematized as a reproduction of that patriarchy. How much fairness is there to that critique? Well, if we, if we go back to 2007, um, the ANC Women's League vote was the determining vote that made uh, Jacob Zuma the president of the ANC and later the president of the country. So, so he has at that point just gone through a rape trial. So, uh, and you you mentioned that, right? So, um, the ANC Women's League have said South Africa is not ready for a woman president. So, it, there's very little evidence of them having a, a woman's agenda or a gender agenda to put really important issues on the table. We have um, one of the highest rape statistics in the world, and our intimate femicide is five times uh, the global average. And we don't see any um, campaign coming from the Women's League around gender-based violence. They would speak out from time to time, but that's never more than that. And I mean, they they have um, this, this slogan, rapists must rot in jail. That's not a very conducive policy to stop violence. You know, we need um, the implementation of the National Strategic Plan on gender-based yeah. violence. Um, and of course, that's that's the, the role of the Ministry for Women, Youth and People with Disabilities. But the Women's League can play a very important role in that, and it's not doing that. Yeah. Seemingly, then, the question has to be, what is missing from the League and perhaps the party uh, that can galvanize and, 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 and mobilize that level of support? Many of them will tell you, but we were at the Rivas Tienkamp trial when Oscar Pistorius was on trial. We were there showing our support and solidarity for Rivas Tienkamp in fight against femicide in South Africa. Surely that's demonstrative of our seriousness towards combating intimate partner violence and femicide in South Africa. That's the retort you would get from them. Yes, well, so so let's just put that into context. Um, Riva Steenkamp was killed a little bit more than a month after Anine Boysen uh, in Bredasdorp, who was, mm. you know, she was uh, not somebody with a name like Riva Steenkamp. She was a foster child from a very poor family. And it, they were supporting, the ANC Women's League were supporting 
um, Anin until Riva died. And then they changed their support to Riva um, to show, you know, greater visibility for the ANC Women's League um, around the, the death of a, of a glamorous model. So, you know, you, we have to see all of this in context, what is being done for, for poor women. I think the issue here is also, um, where is the younger generation of women? Uh, as uh, to be leaders in the ANC Women's League. Yeah. Um, we've we've again, uh, you know, the ANC Women's League has elected somebody in in her sixties. Um, so so the you know w- what is the renewal that's going on in the ANC Women's League, and and we need to understand that the, the Women's League uses a, a platform of nationalism, um, and and nationalism always paints women as mothers, mothers of the nation, as members of families, um, and as the caregivers of children, which is very often uh, stands in tension with uh, understandings of gender equality. Mm. So, so it, I, you know, I, I really think in, in the type of modern politics that we need um, and, and the support for gender equality we need, the Women's League is passé. Yeah. Uh, Yolokazi Mfuto, I want to bring you into the conversation. Yolokazi is a political analyst currently working at the Center for Human Rights at the University of Pretoria. Yolokazi, to to the point of Prof. Khos around how the ANC Women's League frame the inclusion of women in politics as mothers of the nation, as homemakers and caregivers in a very heteronormative uh, gender binary form, right, in a very traditional sense. Um, I want to repeat the question I then asked earlier. Is that a limitation of the inclusion of women in politics and is that a reproduction of what is essentially conservative patriarchal politics in South Africa? Um, well, Oliver, thank you for having me. Um, good evening to all listeners of SAFM. Um, well, yes, I would like to agree um, that generally South African politics are heavily patriarchal. Um, the system itself is not conducive for women leadership to, to thrive, right? And we've seen um, in history that women have been relegated to supportive role um, of what then become prominent leaders in the country. And I mean, um, examples that you've seen, Mama Azetina Sisulu, we've seen that the ANC honored um, posted death, but during the time when she was alive, she was never given much position, then including Mamuwinimakibizela uh, Mandela, who were then referred to as only the wives of these prominent leaders. Yeah. So that has been continuous within the ANC. Now we've seen it play a role, even in the league such as the Women's League, right? People are reduced to, they married to, but secondly now, the women themselves and the elder women are still wanting to hold on to power. Um doing exactly what the men do in, in, in the entire ANC politics. So it then becomes very regressive for the politics um, in South Africa to, to provide a space for women to thrive. And and I think it has it has caused more damage. Yeah. Um, reflecting on the ANC Women's League conference that happened um, the past weekend, uh, where we've seen that the young women have been extremely excluded in the NEC. Yeah. Um, it's old age home, and, and it's quite disappointing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Prof. Khos, I want to then ask you this question about the intersectionality of age um, in this. The ANC often uses the uh, 
uh, slogan of a generational mix, so to speak. But the league itself has a division within called the Young Women's Desk, the ANC Young Women's Desk. These are usually women who ordinarily would be contesting for ANC Youth League positions who are organizing themselves within the ANC Women's League, seeing themselves as the future of the league and taking the baton from the elders, such as Batabile Tlamini, uh, such as Unkosazane uh, Tlamini Zuma. The question then is, is that not enough of a demonstration by the Women's League around the inclusion of women into the fold of uh, the, the league's decision-making and its mobilizing powers? Well, merely to have a, a, a young women's desk is already uh, indicating a, a separation between the different generations. Um, and we need to go and look how many of them are now on the on the exec of the Women's League. And, you know, I, I just don't think... You know, if we if we talk also about other types of intersections, you know, with sexuality, LGBTIQ, um, and transgender, we don't hear anything about that from the league. Um, we we have you know the incident where uh, a previous minister uh, was very upset about uh, the photographs of Saneli Moholy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, depicting lesbian relationships. So, so what do we hear about other intersectionalities in the in the women's league? Yeah, is that entirely absent? For instance, transgender women and queer women are they a part of the conversation of reimagining the role and place of women in politics? Uh, uh, Yolokas. Um, well, yes, yes. So, so we've seen that in the ANC Women's League, and and we've seen that the old generation of leadership, they don't understand the complexities and intersectionalities that exist today, even in women's struggle. So for instance, and transgender women are not included, the LGBTIQ plus community is not included, even in discussions, they don't understand the plight and the challenges that affect um, transgender women, LGBTIQ plus um, community. Even the issues that women face um, today in relation to GBV, rape, and many other challenges, including socioeconomic challenges that women face. So it's, it's a, there's a huge disconnect between this, that, this current leadership, even this leadership that we've elected, they've elect, elected the past weekend. They can't articulate these issues, and it's quite going to, it's going to be dangerous now for this generation to trust um, them with their own struggles and representation when it comes to the ANC discussions on when they discuss policies, because it won't be a proper representation of what the current issues that are affecting women and yeah. LGBTI community. To, to that, Yolagazi, what are the policy priorities that the Women's League should be focusing on uh, to assert their importance and relevance? Um, for instance, um, so I would I would um, expect the ANC Women's League to actually champion the policies that ensure that companies do not get away with um, the parity on wages in South Africa. There are companies that still pay men more than women. Yeah. And that thing should not be arranged in 2023. Secondly, policies relating to how court cases deal with issues of GBV, rape, um, and, and, and any other atrocities, femicide, the way courts operating is still as if it was during the apartheid and colonizing um, period where cases of, of rape are just taken as the law says this the complexity 
cases around the cases are usually negated. So the ANC Women's League should be able to actually articulate those policies and probably discuss and, and propel them to be regulations to regulate these policies that we have in South Africa now, which are brilliant, fighting yeah. against gender-based violence. Thirdly, it is very important that the ANC Women's League speak about the fact that the politics of today are still not favorable for women, as even for us to actually say that women are fully supported, women win campaigns, women then ultimately probably we have a female president. Because the politics within the ANC, for instance, I think the other parties, they are heavily monetized. You must have enough money to fund your campaign. You must be able to travel at night and go to caucuses, which are most of the time held in places where um, which are secluded. That's kind of a dangerous country for women to drive and be out alone at night, right? Mm. So those things must be affected in the discussion that the ANC has because there are challenges that women face. And, and, and the one thing that um, I've seen that uh, the ANC tends to forget, the differences, again, within the, the, the ages of the people within the ANC. They this... Um, obsession, the fact that people have been there during liberation, therefore mm. they must be there forever. It is important that there is um, a period where there is impartation of leadership. It is important that the NECs in all aspects, from the ANC, NEC, from the NWC, from um, um, the Women's League, there is in, not intersectionality. Um, at this age, should, the young generation must be there they should not only serve in the ANC Youth League. The young people must be there because they have ideas. They have an idea of what fu- what the future should look like. It should not be that you are going to wait in the line until you are 80 or 90 or 100 and you can't walk anymore. Therefore, you can now, when you are 50, you can take up space and be a minister. The young generation must be included in the national and uh, policies and national executive committee, not be relegated to leagues, including women. They should not be relegated to offices of being a deputy. Yeah. Uh, they don't work hard in these um, spaces for them to be just deputies. They must be afforded the opportunity and space for them to contest in each and every other position that is available. And these things, um, Oliver, would not happen um, overnight. These things need to be asserted in the meeting. These yeah. things need to be... Um, emphasize so that the men in the, in the ANC, they need to internalize that we are not going to, they have this thing that they allow women or they are going to deliver women. Women are capable yeah. of delivering themselves and leading themselves within the ANC. They just need to create a conducive environment for women to thrive in the, in the politics. Yeah. Uh, uh, Prof. Host, uh, do you want to add anything to the question around what the p- policy priorities of the Women's League should be that you think uh, may not necessarily have been covered uh, by Yolagazi at the moment? Well, you know, I, I agree about gender-based violence. I think it, it's such a huge challenge for South Africa at this point. And we, we really need people to champion the implementation of the legislation. We have good legislation, but it's not implemented. And then I think issues of reproductive rights. We've just heard the past two weeks the very high uh, teenage pregnancy rate. Kids, you know, girls, young girls, 9, 10, 11 years getting pregnant. Um, where where is the outcry about that? 
uh, again, it's it's being forced back to families and family values rather than dealing with the issue as as a much bigger social problem. Um, and yeah, so so you know, I think also around issues of um, birth control, perceptions of of what women's needs are and how uh, we can you know the government can provide for women's needs. There's a there's a big silence coming out of the women league about women's league about that. Night talk giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Monday to Thursdays 10 p.m.